0: Hello there, this is Dr. Casey Bradley, and you're listening to The Real P3 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the real pork producers around the world. I hope you enjoy. So in this episode, we have a treat for you. We're going to be talking to Dr. Pablo Moreno. He's an independent consultant that works in China, Russia, Mexico, and the USA, So he's going to talk about the experiences in the different countries, the pros and cons, a little bit about what they do right and how he uses his approach to train different companies on their biosecurity and health management tools. So stay tuned. Hello, Dr. Moreno. How are you doing today?
1: Very good. Thank you very much.
0: Would you mind introducing ourselves and telling the audience a little bit about your background?
1: yes yeah, well i'm a veterinarian I graduate in Salle university in, in leon, mexico a long time ago. I graduated in eighty five nineteen eighty five and then after that i i when i graduate i work a little bit in mexico I, we have a farm over there and i visit different producers in mexico and then I decide to go to united states and I went to the United States to, to work and study at the same time. So in the meantime, I get uh, my permit. Unfortunately, I, I find that uh, I can be a citizen because my mother was born in the United States. So I get my citizenship and I start to work in a farm in Lampasas, Texas. In that time, it was a kind of a big farm. In 85, was a uh, 800 sows, uh, Mr. Lanford. And then from there, I know I, I meet Dr. Joe Connor and he invited me to work in his clinic for a year and a half. And then after that, I joined PIC in after one year and a half. I uh, joined PIC in I live in in Franklin, Kentucky, and I work with Dr. Han Harris in the health assurance program. From there, they acquired hundred percent PIC Mexico. So they sent me as a, a health veterinarian and production manage the production also in 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 Mexico. And I worked for them for until 94 when I decided to come back to the United States and try to enter to the study something or, or get some courses. So I joined the University of Minnesota in the Health Master Track Program for two years, and at the same time, I'm working for Lisky Genetics. After these two years, uh, I went back to Mexico, and I opened a multiplier for this company, and I stayed there for, you know, open a multiplier for this company. It was a very good business, and and also I did some consulting in Mexico and, and Central America for quite some time and then I back again to the United States and I worked for Carthage Veterinary Service again with Dr. Joe Connor in 2000 and was 2004. So I worked for him as a production veterinarian in, in, in two years and then Smithfield invited me to work in the Southwest operation and be the hair veterinarian over there. So I worked for four years until 2010 and after you know, I, I stayed there because they, they start to sell some they sold those parts to a prestige farm, and I decided to join a Nugent company. So I was the, herb, the service veterinarian from my visit their clients, or the, from Nugent, from Canada to South America and, and Asia. That was until I uh, was three years. 2013, and then I joined. I decided to go independent, so I start to visit farming in in Russia. I joined Mirator company for one year and a half, and then I decided to be independent, and I start to visit different big producers in Russia. And from there, I, I also I start to get some clients in China. Since the COVID, <laughs> I couldn't travel either Russia or China. I decided to start to get back business in Mexico because I have my license in Mexico. So I just started, I just get a join uh, one of the biggest producers in Mexico uh, start to visit. So this is, would be my next month would be my third visit. So that's my long story. So
0: So you've um, be- been all over the world because of pigs. So this is awesome.
1: Yes, actually, you know, since I was my parents has a farm so I've been working from since 10 years old in pigs so I love pigs.
0: So we have something in common then. So grew up on a pig farm, awesome, born and raised. So curious with the struggles of COVID and stuff, how have you had to transition working with producers and what are some of the problems the different producers around the world's faced? because of COVID or other reasons going on right now today?
1: Yes. uh, Well, with the Russian, you know, most of the time, the service I I provide to my clients is, uh, you know, is in production and and health. And most of the time they send me all the information, the production data and the diagnostics and so on. So in this case, the only thing they keep sending me, the information, so we have uh, uh, meetings by Zoom or, or another company, uh, you know, uh, every month. We try to follow up, but uh, you know, it's, it's very hard. So uh, mm-hmm. it's the only contact that I have right now with the, my clients over there. In China, they decide to start until they open the border. We are going to renew the service over there and the contract. But in, in the Russian, the Russian, we're still working in online.
0: So with your new client in Mexico and working online with your customers in Russia, what are some of the challenges they're facing or problems they've been working through from a production or health standpoint?
1: You know, in in Russia, we have uh, several years and we try to, you know, maintain the the health, especially in Russia with the African swine fever in China. Also, we work very hard in in biosecurity, how to prevent breaks over there. In Mexico, I just started with uh, this big company. So I start to visit and the first step that I do with my clients is, you know, go to the farm, knowing the systems, try to identify what will be the lower hanging fruit so we can start from there. And then most of the time my my style is go to the farms, visit the farm, give uh, advice in production and health. And and I like to work very much with the people in the farm. So during my visit, I talk. I have a lot of interaction with actually people. Of course, with me, all, most of the time go the production manager and the veterinarians and we work the farms. But I ha, I, I like to do a lot of interaction with the farms, which basically they they tell you the truth, what's going on in the farms. And then from there we Oh, plan. I lo-
0: love that. So <laughs> It's so funny. I remember back to some early job interviews and stuff and talking through situations and everybody said, well, why wouldn't you ask them what they've already done? And usually I've found that what the managers have said that is getting done and what really gets done is not the truth. Do you see that as a challenge as well in a lot of these systems?
1: Yes. Well, you know, in all the countries I've been the first thing I, I try to do is try to understand the idiosyncrasy or, or what is the behind the culture, you know, the culture in the in, in each country. So you have to adapt yourself and try to, to find out the best way to communicate with them. For example, in 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 there's a difference between Russia and China and Mexico with the people. But you know, with you you get experience when you go over there and And then you you find the best way. But one thing I've been finding in all these companies, because most of the companies I visit, they are full integrated companies. So as you know, there is a lot of levels of management. For example, in China, there is a very highly respect to the superior. So if the superior doesn't have the idea how it's going to be the change, and he passed the order, even if he's wrong, and the people in the family he knows that the superior is, is wrong, they follow up. So when you go to the business and you try to, you know, to solve those kind of problems. And, and the reality is that in these big companies, most of the time in the higher hierarchy, there is a good people, you know, a good uh, they work in administration and, and very good people in business, they know the the swine business, but no in-depth. So when you put a, a program of health or, or production, sometimes they don't catch very good. So part of my job also is kind of training these guys. Try to explain why we are doing the chain, why it's going happening, or try to to explain with detail. So they understand and they we are in the same page everywhere. So this is the The thing that we find in all the companies. So to make the program work for me is that everybody has to be in the same page. Everybody has to do his job. And the program that we put together, everybody has to be understanding and and keep going in the same direction. So I've been I have a very good experience and we get a good advance when one we we fix this kind of problems. So with the training of the people in the farm, training, actually training also the, the upper management and uh, the ones they don't have a, a, a good understanding in production and health. So we explain in different ways because, uh, you know, you have to, to talk with different terms in, in different levels of the farm. So that has been a challenge, but, but it has been a very good experience and uh, we have a good understanding. The same in Russia and in Mexico is no different. You know, all the time you have different levels, so you had to to be sure as a as a consulting that your program is understand from the top to the bottom, and then is when you start to see the success.
0: So, in all your years of experience, what are some of the low hanging fruits that producers can focus on to? to get a better health status, better program, better profitability?
1: I think, of course, uh, you know, when you have a, a, a good diagnostics, a good uh, production system, you know, in, in every system, there is a different because the setup of the, of the different, different companies. For example, and, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, in China, most of the farm that I visit is a, a south farm. Most of the time they are uh, six thousand fifty five hundred cows. you know in a big area or land there is the wind to finish farms in Russia Most of farms that I visit they are changing right now but but uh, they have the same farms like a uh, five thousand farms and then they have two sites which every site has a, a nursery and finishers. so in this case most of these farms is a. Uh, it's all in allowed by, by by room, but no by site. So it could be a semi, almost uh, continuous flow. And then in Mexico, we have uh, this big producer. They have uh, the same like United States, you know, big farms and then wind to finish in, in different sites. So most of the sites, they are all in allowed. So that, that is a difference. So the challenge, the challenge is to understand the system. The management, the number of people that they handle, and try to to make the you know the basics of production, because it's one of the things if you want to be successful, you have to go back to the basics and start to do my philosophy is try to produce more with less, or you don't have enough facilities, or you have to adjust the facilities, is to produce more with the same or the same with less <laughs> that mean
0: yeah le- more weight less less pigs
1: same pigs with less sows yep. or you have a facility to produce more uh, spaces then you can produce more with less sows or more pigs with less and the other is the same pigs with less sows so that that is my so when you start to look the basics and everybody do the same Discipline, try to put SOPs, the vaccination and, and vaccination programs, diagnostics and, and track the, the problems on time, because this is very important. In big companies, sometimes you don't have enough veterinarians in the company. So they struggle to go all the farms. They try to do his, their best, train the people and, and and get the feedback from the production assistants or, or managers and, and we know something is not the same. So so that is the key part. So we have to get system kind producing kind of alarm system so, so the people in the farm they advise to the veterinarians and and combat the feedback back and forth so they can track attack the problems on time. Because this is one of the things I've been finding all over. When sometimes the, the problems start to get in too long because we don't have enough people to get in on time. Mm-hmm. So this is the key part. And the other part is that right now that everywhere, we try to use less antibiotics. So we have to keep healthy pigs. In these big companies, at least the one I visit, most of the time the, the, the veterinarians, they have a standard treatment, but uh, you have to in somehow you have to go on and make a a survey and not survey uh, you know visits to be sure that they are in compliance. Because sometimes the people have uh medicine in the farms. Well at least in, in, in the other countries, the United States is getting better in, in, in controlling all these treatments. But uh in, in another country sometimes, you know, they the people they tried to medicate the pigs with no veterinary advice, so they use too many antibiotics and not the right antibiotics. So that is the key part. We have to make a system to stop to happen that. And in Russia and China, we changed some, and in Mexico, we start to do the same. So we are getting better results, kind of track the treatments and, and try to at least using the technology of today, it's easy because we have the smartphones, so we can communicate. They have a smartphone in each farm, so so that that with WhatsApp and another uh, WeChat and those kind of things, so it's easy to communicate with the veterinarian. So so we can track with the videos and those kind of things. We start to use in, in the client, so we have a better result.
0: So how many hours of the day are you taking phone calls? If you can, if you're on WeChat and WhatsApp video chat. I mean, how, m- how many hours a day are you working with your different clients?
1: My services, most of the time we make contracts and I say I will visit every quarter. For example, when I travel to Russia and China, I spend one month over there in each country every time I visit. And between visits, since they send me all the information, we have uh, video calls every 15 days. So let's put an example. If We are working in a control program or health or, or production program. Then I go to the visit, we make the report, we, we see who is responsible to do the changes, and then every 15 days we, we have a call and to see the advance, how is going the program. So that is the advantage. So, so I'm 24 hours working, <laughs> you know, especially – uh in China we have 12 twelve, thirteen hours different in Russia eight hours. In Mexico it's only one hour, so it's not problem.
0: Well, I have the same challenge when I'm working between China, Europe, and the US is uh I don't know what time zone I'm in half the time. So virtually lately. Yeah, it's, it's, we can't travel, but I'm gonna put you on the spot. So China, Russia, US, Mexico. Out of all those countries, give me what they do right. Like the best, what are they best at in swine production in each of those countries?
1: Well, you know, to be honest, you know, China is doing very good technologically. Uh, you know, they're investing, so they're doing a, a top of the <laughs> top of the line farms very well. You know, all the wheat farms, even the farm and IBC, they are filtrated, even if they don't have big farms close. So they are filtrated Russia they are growing most of the companies they are double the the production, so the new farm they are putting more technology and in Mexico also the same they at least decline an I visit, you know this have they are try to to do the the things right, so they are open try to do the things the the challenge most of the countries in these countries is the Diagnostic is not the same like United States. In the United States, you have a a lot of the university that you can send uh, samples and come back the results in the next day. In Mexico and China and Russia, is not the same. So in China and Russia, the in Russia especially the companies they start to to build his own lab. So we can have PCR the same day. So this is the thing that they had to invest in, in Russia. In, in China, they haven't started yet, but they have some labs, you know, far away, but they had to do by regions. Uh, and in Mexico, we have some diagnostics, uh, some companies that they can do diagnostics for you on some university but take maybe one week to get back the results. So these companies sometimes using the Iowa State or, or Minnesota to send some results. So that is the challenge. In Mexico and and those countries, you have to use a lot of uh, uh, videos, open pics. The people in the farm, they open pics, they take pictures. So you will have an idea to start an action right away. And then you send the results. And if you get back maybe one week, then you can correct your your treatment or your action. So that is the challenge. The thing, uh, everybody, you know, I don't have any problem to say that these guys try to do th- his best. Uh, they have a lot of challenge. For example, in Mexico, they, uh, they found that I visit. There is a lot of pork production in the area. It's the same like in Iowa, Minnesota. You have to to be a good neighbor. <laughs> so, so you have to work with your neighbors mm-hmm. to, to get better. And Russia, the same. The area that I visit, you know, is, is in Belgora region, Tambo. So there is a lot of big companies there. So again, the challenge is to work with your neighbors, which in Russia is not very easy. And in China, the, the farms, they are no in, in very, at least the one that I visit, they are in isolated areas. The challenge is, is that there is a, a new people over there. So so there is a, a lot of uh, training to help the people and do the, the better things.
0: So the U.S. is number one problem lately. I mean, we have disease issues, and but we also have labor shortage. Do you find labor shortage or, as you said, maybe untrained labor in these countries, do they face the same challenges that we do here in the U.S.?
1: Yes, even if, you know, in, in China, Russia and Mexico, I think if you take, a, you know, if you count the number of animals per person, we have a little bit more in those countries, like in the United States. In China, the project that I visited, you know, there is the, a project, for example, as I say before, they have the farm and the to finish. But in China, all the, the people that work in the farm, they have a living area. Sometimes they have, a, in some areas, they have 24-hour labor, so it's good. Russia is the same like the United States, but, you know, we use uh, people from the little village to work in the farm. The companies they have his own bus to take the people to the farm. In Mexico, seem like a, you know a lot of people come to work to the farms here in the United States. But in Mexico, they have a, a hard time to get people into the farms because you know there is a lot of uh, industry growing in the areas. So uh, you know you have problems to hire people to the farms. So that reason in Mexico, they try to in every day more technology to use less people. But uh, still, for example, in the south farm, they have maybe two or three people working at night. But uh, when to finish is the same, like in the United States, they, they start to work early and, and go maybe uh, in the afternoon at five or four o'clock, they go on from the farm. In China, also, I start to see a problem you know the economic in china is getting better so the people in in china you know they live in the farms but sometimes they stay in in that living area for three months and they have to go uh, out for two weeks so you know the people to see their family is very hard so little by little those companies i visit they start to have some problems so maybe pretty soon they have to change. Either uh, maybe put some houses to have families close to the area and and so on. So I don't know. It's, you know, the world is changing. In Russia, the same. You know, the people in the village, they start to emigrate to the big cities and get better jobs in the city. So I think the challenge to work in the farm is in the future will be very hard. So so I think it would be a good idea to start to think more in, in artificial intelligence and, and try to get uh, less use of people and, and the people more specialized so they can do a better job.
0: I love it. So we wanna take this break to thank our sponsors, the Sun Swine Group, NutriSwine, Swine Nutrition Management and Pig Progress. But we also wanted to remind you of our new Facebook group, the Global Swine Professionals. We're going to be doing something fun, some live interviews, some Q&A, and we just want to hear from our audience. So that's a great place for you to take the time, leave us a comment, tell us what you want to hear, or volunteer to be on our show, because we're always looking for those awesome pork producers around the world. Well, that's all I had, so let's get back to that episode now. So in all your years, what is the most common biosecurity mistake people make?
1: Uh, if you read the SOPs on all these companies, you say, well, this is good, right?
0: Yeah, they're but good. But what's the mistake? Where, where does the, it go wrong?
1: I think the, the uh, compliance. And, and sometimes it's not because the people want to to do the, the breaks. Sometimes the people in the farm, they don't understand 100%. So, our job is to explain them, you know, with details why why we are taking a shower, why we are changing shoes in this way. So, try to explain even like a picture or, or, or making pictures in their minds, you know, like the little bug in the shoe go inside and so on. So, you have to explain the people very clear. So, the compliance is going to be better. Also, when, you know, part, big problem is the transport, right? So you have to wash your your trucks. So you as a a hair veterinarian and the company veterinarian or or myself, most of the time we go in and check the procedures, you know, very, very close. And then we start to correct some of these procedures to make simple. You know, one of the big mistakes that I see in some companies, they try to be so complicated. The break, make make hard and actually easy to break. So in, in biosecurity, you have to be very simple. You know, you have to understand your area. What is the main, say, source or challenge that is going to get that bug into your farm? And then start to tackle from there. And then start to train the people. I see training is the big issue. Because, you know, if you read the SOP of all these three companies, if you read it, you say they, they shouldn't have any problems, but we still have.
0: Well, I had a conversation with somebody who works for a big integrator. And they made the comment that we even need to change how we train because most people working on farms, their educational level to read an SOP doesn't mean they know how to follow. It. And I love your example of, you know, showing a picture of a bug in a shoe. How do you suggest you change how you train people? Um, what are some of the things we can employ or that you've found that's been successful?
1: Yeah, well, for example, in China. In China, you know, they have a good level of labor. Uh, and also since they, they have a living area. So when I go over there, I actually stay in, in, all, in every complex, uh, maybe for one week with them. So we work during the day and, and they have a very good facility, like a, a, a meeting room with all the technology. So every night, uh, the thing that I saw during the day, we train these people. And I try to explain what is the risk, how they can stop it. So this is with pictures, with uh, examples, uh, all these things. And, and the other thing I feel like maybe is everywhere, is like if, if somebody break the biosecurity, if it's on purpose, of course, you have to fire this guy. But most of the cases is not. It's because they don't understand. So I, I say if you have a, a, a good system, how to keep track of your biosecurity and, and where's the break, you know try to find the reason and put the solution, but uh, no pointing point I say, point fingers. You have to find the why and then correct. So this is the way that I, I've been working with the, the companies, you know, and, and especially in, in Russia they are very tough. In the past they fired the people, but now they try to do more training, personal training, constant training. This is a something that every day, especially for example, if you have a, a, a manager farm, so you train your managers, you know, with videos, try to explain why is the the rule, no. In the past, in Russia, they say you have to do like this, and they do even if they understand. Now it's different. Now they understand why we are doing those rules and why it's important for the company if if they break the rules. So there is a, a different way. So you don't put to read the big SOP, special big books. If you use more videos, it share drawings like cartoons, those kind of things. It's very helpful for everybody. You know, one of the good experiences that I have when we have uh, start to work very hard in biosecurity because the you know the African Swine Fever, we start to do a lot of training. And then when you go to a farm, the people start to actually question, what about this doctor? What about that? What happened if if I do this? So when you start to receive those kind of questions, that means they start to think about it. When you have this kind of question from the people in the farm that means that your message is is getting better.
0: Well, you you talked about we need to replace our employees, but now you're also talking about this consistent training and talking to people. It takes you more than just going out there once a month, once a quarter. You need people on the ground reinforcing the foundation you build.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. I would say you have to work in different ways, you know, you know, you see, you you make your inspection, you put the correction, and then you have to do train the trainer, mm-hmm. right? So who is in charge? For example, the managers of the farm, the production manager regions, the vet. In some companies, they have a, a lot of beds in the company, like in Russia. Or So you train those beds, what, what they should do and, and how they train the people. In the south or, or the finisher farm, so... The farm level these guys is the one is going to help you so you go by 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 layers and then you have your message but you know nothing is perfect so I know that of course in the new people this is another big problem as you know maybe in the United States it's the same but the personal the rotation of the personal is high in some areas they are higher than the other ones so the new people is very important to you start to do the training in biosecurity to understand but no no let them read a book try to understand you have to explain them so somehow maybe the human resource actually they have to have some people to who understand the biosecurity so the new people that arrive to the companies they receive an introduction you know, production and health that is, is easy because they're going to get the experience inside of the farm. But the biosecurity is very important to understand. So that is another pro another thing that you have to have kind of a program for the new people arriving, a rotation personnel. And saying this, we have to think also how to treat the people in the farms, because those people are the ones that run the company. Mm-hmm. So you have to give them a good Working, I say, working facilities, try to provide them with all the tools. So they have a, a good, easy job in the farms. So that, that would be the, the good things to, to think about all in the people. Because you can be the best veterinarian, you can be the best production guy. But if you don't think in your people in the farm, you probably never fly. So that is the key part.
0: No, I agree. I, I love some of this basic foundation and new employees, which I think we'd have less turnover if we did that right in the first place, just my opinion. But, you know, keeping up with your people, retraining, retraining the trainer. Do a lot of these farms, the good farms that you've been on in your career, do they have fun?
1: Actually, you know, this farm I just visited in Mexico, I was very glad because when you start to see people that they have years, that means they like the company. And in some areas, for example, in Russia, you, you can see uh, some farms they are better than the other ones. So, so that is the key part. So when, when, when you see like that, uh, at least myself, I start to, you know, try to observe the people, observe the production manager. How good is, is he to keep their people? So then when you identify those good people, maybe you try to mimic to the other farms especially in big companies. So you have to identify those, those good people and try to, those guys, they have to talk with the other guys how to do that, how to treat the people. Because it's not only that you're given, you know, a good environment or, or good tools to work. is the, you know, the, the relation, human relation mm-hmm. with the other people, right? Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's hard, but those kind of things is the thing we have to, to start to look very close. Especially when a big company, you have, a, I don't know, so many farms in the same company. So you have to kind kind of a, a benchmark between your system. It is the same you have to do with the production and health. And so you benchmark your different projects in, in your company. So we have to start to look also in, in the people, mm-hmm. uh, in the human resource rotation and those kind of things.
0: This is great stuff. We could talk about this for hours and I think, you know, we could do our own training on people development, but before we go, I always give my guests the opportunity to turn the table and ask me a question. So do you have any questions that you'd like to ask?
1: Well, we just met, you know, and they work for Expo. So I would like to see what you are doing and contribution to the industry because,
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) The contribution to the industry. Well, for one thing, um, this last year and a half, I've been able to really explore what the industry needs. And I've always been an innovative type of person, a researcher. And I got tired of doing research to create products for a company to sell versus solutions for my industry that I love and I'm passionate about. So I've done a lot of cool research. I've done stuff on passive immunity, innate health. I've done lameness and longevity. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, we look at lameness and longevity and it just gets worse. We haven't gotten it better, which is very frustrating for me for somebody who spent so many years of her college education and career focusing on on that and and sound nutrition. And now I'm really kind of exploring how to develop our employees and not just maybe for the swine industry, but leading mentoring programs, trying to create new training systems, working with some different entities to bring in some different type of personnel, because we have to admit all over the world, as you said, is the economics change in countries. We're going from more of a rural community to urban community. So how can we get more people back on the farm? And I agree with you. Higher quality, more specialized use AI technologies. So currently, I'm working on some programs with that. I'm doing some trying to get some products developed, some smart tools, so AI technologies. So we're working on that uh, behind the scenes. Um, I don't have a big corporate budget anymore, but I'm trying to find ways to get it done. And the other thing I'm doing is what I see a lot of, and I talk to people about research. Is everybody thinks I love research and The act of research is really difficult, but coming up with the question I want to ask and the problem I want to solve, and then looking at the data to see if I can solve the problem is what gets me excited. So I'm trying to create a system and a program of data analytics and using different AI to harness the data we have to make better business decisions. I'm always for being more efficient and sustainable and sustainability has been part of my initiative, but I've always thought profitability has to be the cornerstone of sustainability. So at the same time of when we look at environments and being good stewards, how can we use some technologies, use the data we have to drive better decisions? And that's what I'm working on. And if I'm just a motivation or I inspire somebody to do some great things, too, I hope, as I tell my students, I like to create ripples that turn into tidal waves. And I hope that's what my next 20, 30 years will do, is create some awesome, innovative solutions and help people be the professionals we need to change our industry for the better.
1: Yes, I agree. And, and also the other thing, you know, with this African swine fever, you know, China and Russia, they have the problem and they have, we have been doing a lot of changes in biosecurity, so those experience, so I would advise, for example, here in Latin America or U.S. and U.S. is working on that already, but in, in Mexico and Latin America, we have to think in, in okay, we, it's very important, don't let the African sign fever get into the country, but you know what is the globalization. So if this bug, uh, if this African sign fever come to your country, you have to be prepared as a company to don't let it go into your system. So maybe be open and and listen to the other countries and what they are doing, the good thing they are doing. For example, in China, we chain in Russia the same. So with good results and how to detect the problem on time and Mm -hmm. how to stop letting, even maybe another small producer, they're going to have the problem, but your big company has to be protected. So think about it what happened if it come to the country what are going what I'm going to do so start from now don't let it don't don't wait until the bug is here you know try to be ahead of the game and and try to make some changes
0: future ready I love yeah. that new term I'm going to use it a lot future ready your operation and if you don't you won't be in business in the future yeah yeah Well, Dr. Moreno, it's a pleasure. I followed your career a little bit. I didn't realize how many different countries you've worked in and the experiences you had. And I thank you very much for sharing your story and your journey a little bit and hope to have you back talking about how we can learn from your experiences in China and Russia and be prepared. And maybe that would be a good follow-up episode for us to talk about. So thank you again.
1: It's a pleasure. And I hope with this uh, we control the covid so i can travel back again
0: <laughs> me too <laughs> me too <laughs> all right thanks before we go we want to thank our sponsors again swine nutrition management nutrisign pig progress and the sun swine group don't forget to join our facebook the global swine professionals and as always if you get a chance hug a pig for me today